0: Hello, this is Aaron Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host Gail Doby of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. We'd like to welcome Neil McKenzie to the podcast today. Neil is Vice President of Marketing for Universal Furniture and is responsible for overseeing the evolution of the company's brands, Universal and Universal to the Trade. He has made significant contributions to the company's growth and its awareness with the end consumer. Prior to his work with Universal, Neil held positions in both the furniture and golf industries, serving as Senior Manager of Sales for the Golf Channel and Director of Marketing for Stanley Furniture. He began his career in advertising agency work, directing B2B and B2C accounts in golf banking and furniture. Universal Furniture creates quality furnishings for the whole home with a focus on function and lifestyle. The company's case good, upholstery accent, and accessory designs are developed under the brand names Universal Furniture, Miranda Kerr Home, and Coastal Living, and sold through retailers and interior designers throughout North America and around the world. Founded in 1968, Universal Furniture is a brand of Samson Holdings, one of the largest vertically integrated furniture manufacturers. Welcome to the call, Neil.
1: Neil, it's so great to see you. And thank you so much for being on our podcast. Um, first of all, congratulations
2: on your promotion. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Congratulations. And yeah. Thanks for uh, taking the time to to chat today. I appreciate it.
1: Well, absolutely. Well, one thing that we've been wanting to do is meet with several people in the industry and especially manufacturers, because so much is going on. But Before we dive into all of that, we'd love to start off and hear, how did you end up at Universal, especially with a very interesting background of all the different things that you've done and the background
0: with golf? Are you a golfer? I have a feeling you might like golf.
2: From what I can read that you might like golf a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'd say it's probably my, my true love. <laughs> so, uh, Don't tell your wife. I think she knows. <laughs> um, yeah, my daughter and my wife put up with all of my, my antics, uh, which uh, continue to expand uh, from a golf perspective. But I'm, I'm like that person that you see, like, you know, in the evenings, like swinging in the living room, like uh using you know if you turn the lights on you can see your reflection and in the sliders and I'm like oh that way I can see <laughs> so, yeah i get i get pretty serious about it and uh you know i love to walk i love to be outside so it's i find it you know i like to play competitively and um i, I enjoy all that all the mm. all the aspects of that but um and all the different places you get to play and you know people that you meet and stuff so uh but uh yeah so in terms of getting to universal so it's kind of an interesting journey uh, and not, I never really, I'd say graduated college and was like, oh, I'm going to be in the home furnishings industry, which it's kind of interesting because I went to school at UNC Greensboro uh, where I tried to play college golf and, and actually didn't, didn't get to make the team, but um, it was pretty competitive. <laughs> um mm. But, you know, at that time, there wasn't really a good connection, I'd say, with uh, what High Point Market was with the universities that are really, you know, right at their doorsteps, that no one really knew what that was. And I think in recent years, I think they've done a better job of outreach and working with colleges and universities to get people to have a little perspective as, oh, what are these furniture companies? You know, what is High Point Market? You know, what does all that do? So I didn't really have any of that, you know, knowledge really when I was in school, I went to school, graduated, went to work for a uh, a small uh, advertising firm. Uh, I did like kind of a little stint there. And then that led to a job at a larger agency called the Mullen uh, Agency. And I worked on Wachovia Bank. Um, And some of you might remember when Wachovia was a bank. And worked in the retail side of banking, uh, on the advertising side, and did that for about two years there, and then went back to the small agency that I had uh, interned and, and worked in right out of school uh, called the Burris Agency. And they focused really on two things: home furnishings based on the founder's background, and golf based on his passion. It was interesting, because I think you began to see at least, you know, I have uh, had probably more appreciation for it later on. The, how similar a lot of the, indus- you know, how similar golf and home furnishings actually are. There's a lot hmm. of similarities within the industry. Interesting. Uh, and I was there for a while. We worked on a number of different golf brands, uh, you know, Pinehurst, Pine Needles, uh, club car, Yamaha golf car company, uh, Nicholas golf equipment. And then we had, um, a furniture client, Stanley furniture, and, uh, worked with them and their young America brand. And was at Burris for just over six years, and then had a chance to actually go work at Stanley, and was the director of marketing there for three. And we did a lot of different things, particularly on the Young America brand, as they were, um, you know, really beginning to onshore their infant and youth brand and offshore their case goods brand, which was a which was a big deal. So there was a lot of changes kind of going on at that time. But you know, I think we tried to do some things that were probably a little forward thinking as it relates to like omnichannel and. E-commerce And it was, it was definitely different from an industry standpoint kind of at that time and, and one that was challenging and, you know, learned a lot and then um, was enjoying that and then kind of had an opportunity to go work for the Golf Channel and, and given kind of passion on a personal side, was interested to see kind of what that would, would be like. Uh, it was also in a sales role. So I took that on and um, it was very interesting. Uh, and I would say this from a marketing kind of mindset working in sales. It's quite challenging. (laughs) Um I learned a lot, I think, about how to better connect sales and marketing. Uh, as at least it gave me a different perspective, one that I think was quite helpful uh to some of the things we've been able to do here. Uh, but works with the golf channel and and their brand called Golf Now. And Golf Now, if you're not familiar, they work with golf courses of all different shapes and sizes. So you, you have kind of like mom and pop kind of courses. You have large entities like Troom Golf that own like Hundreds of different courses all around the country and world. Um, but they work with them to basically create marketing exposure for their tea time inventory, kind of like Open Table, you know, trying to fill mm-hmm. those okay. slots. And they do a lot with dynamic pricing and basically leveraging the internet as a different distribution model to get eyeballs on that inventory. And then they golf now, you know, due to the resources of NBC and uh, universal, uh, were able to add kind of entities to that in the sense that they could bring in a tool for the golf course to run their food and beverage or to run their tea time or run their back office. And at the time they did everything through barter. So there was no money exchanging hands. It was just tea times. And then golf hmm. now. Would sell Interesting. Those- yeah. And then golf now would then sell those tea times and that's how they were making money. And, um, it was really interesting. Um, you know, A lot of attention at the time uh, to how they were doing it. It was very much a disruptor within the golf industry. And I kind of managed uh, an area, a uh, region of the country and, and traveled an awful lot. And that's really what led me to start thinking, man, at the time, my daughter was two and I was traveling basically three weeks out of a month. It was uh, kind of grueling from a personal standpoint. And uh, I had... Um, kind of got a phone call one day from Jeff Shepard uh, and uh, Jeff Sheffer here at Universal, our president and CEO. And Jeff called me and I had known Jeff a little bit when he was at Stanley and I was at the agency, but we never really worked together. So um, he was looking for a director of marketing and we started talking and he at the time was kind of talking about all these things that they had kind of set the table to do. They were just moving into the showroom um, downtown um, they were beginning to want to reach out to the design community. They were really beginning to kind of look at adding in different components into their assortment as it relates to um, kind of on the upholstery side. It was just kind of getting started. So it was kind of a cool opportunity because it was, it was almost like a clean slate. They were ready to kind of start anew. And uh, I saw that as a, a big opportunity and um, decided to kind of jump back into home furnishing, something that when I left Stanley, I didn't really think I'd ever do again, but, uh, it's worked out really well. And I've been here just over almost six years. Uh, right. So, um, I've really enjoyed it. It's gone by really fast and, um, it's been fun. So, uh, we've, and we've gotten to do a lot of different things.
1: You definitely have done a lot of creative things. And I, I, I love seeing your ideas that you come up with or the things for your showroom and, um, all the things you're doing to help designers as well. And of course we love your line and we love the fact that you support design um the design community which is so important today
0: yeah i would just share that you know we always feel like universals are home based when we come to market because it's it's got great space great open space and um places for people to meet and have conversations you guys always have great healthy food and Mm -hmm. and drinks and um and we always feel welcome so also just wanted to also plug in there um, we've been partners for a long time we've worked on a lot of different um, types of projects together between genius exchanges and markets and stage setting I remember that time that I uh, couldn't quite figure out how to get the the sofa in the uh, the, elevator. the elevator up there in Rhode <laughs> Island. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But but they did it.
0: (laughs) But they did it. They got it figured out. So we do, we so appreciate your support and our continued partnership together. So
2: we've we've enjoyed the opportunity, I think, to work with you guys on a number of different things and and certainly have you at at the showroom, you know, during market experiences. So absolutely.
0: Well, you know, uh, June will be the very first time that Gil and I, one, that we've gotten to see each other since Christmas time. And two, that we've gotten to travel together. So um, June market will be a first and we're really excited to to be there. And I know Gil's going to be speaking at the showroom and it'll feel good to be somewhat reconnected with our community again in person. <laughs> yeah.
2: We're we're getting closer each day, hopefully.
0: <laughs> so it's been challenging for most businesses over the last year with COVID and all. And And interestingly, who would have guessed that it, it would have become such a boom time for the design industry. Um, So would you share with us some of the things that you found to be most challenging as a manufacturer?
2: Yeah, you know, I was talking about this with someone this morning, um, you know, right around this time a year ago, I think everybody thought the world was ending. And it's definitely been a challenge, but I don't think anyone would have guessed that what has transpired across the industry, you know, you couldn't have foreseen that at the time. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. just been an amazing you know, just the attention and awareness and investment, uh, in the home space has just been, it's been unbelievable. I don't think anyone's really ever seen anything like that. So we're, we're definitely, I think, you know, we feel fortunate that things have kind of worked out in that sense we are we're trying to do everything we can to, um, you know, be as easy to transact with as we possibly can be. It's been, that has been a, certainly a challenge, um, over the last year as it relates to all the challenges of product availability and logistics and all those fun things. But I think, um, you know, the biggest thing that's, or I think some of the bigger challenges that we've had are, you know, one, yes, kind of setting and resetting expectations as to availability. I mean, we used to be, you know, we were in stock on 2000 some odd SKUs 90% of the time. Well, we moved our manufacturing operation to Vietnam. And that was right around the time all of this was kind of happening. So it was almost like a you know a, a two-headed storm as it relates to moving all of that to a new place, Covid, and some of the challenges of getting you know the workforce to that factory, and then you know you have the flow of goods. So I think you know resetting kind of what availability <laughs> uh, means and the fact that, no, it's not always here right now. so that's that's been that's been hard. I think also just the costs. you know, there's been, challenges as it relates to the logistics. Um, when you think about container costs, you know, they've almost doubled really in the last
1: eight
2: mm. months or so. So that's another area that's just been hard to forecast, hard to see. And I think that's just been an area where you, you wouldn't have thought that a year ago and, and you know, here we are. And, and, and obviously we're trying to do what we can to mitigate those costs for our customers, but also still, you know, flow, flow the goods and run the business. And then I think the last thing was really, you know, around this time last year you know, there was a big unknown as it relates to the market experience. And obviously that's where we get to connect with our customers. Um, it's where we get to showcase our new goods. There was uncertainty whether or not last spring market was going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. Was it going to happen in June? It was kind of all danced around. And we went ahead and we were in a position where we had a lot of our creative assets in a place that we could share them. And we decided to proceed and actually, you know, take that experience virtually uh, right from the beginning. So we, we did it during April market of last year. We went virtual and we were able to conduct, I think, the first virtual market that the industry executed. And we were really pleased that we were able to pull that off and at least kind of provide something. And, uh, you know, I think some things are out of your control, but, you know, we tried to control what we could and, and deliver, ideally, you know, the best experience and, and the best information that we can. Uh, during that time, but it's, um, you know, some things are first class problems and other things are, all right, what can you do about the situation you're in? And, and we've been able to kind of pivot on certain things and and then, hey, let's, let's do this. And and I think people now, you know, now there's tons of virtual experiences that we've all attended in the last year. And mm-hmm. I know we're definitely looking forward to the end of them and being able to see people in person. But um, I think being able to do something rather than nothing was important for us. Mm hmm.
1: Well, we can um, certainly appreciate how hard it must be. And I know it was such a weird time right around the time that this happened. I was in New York city um, at that time and had to fly home early because of all the things going on. But I know that it has really been very hard to navigate for the designers. And one of the issues that I think is the hardest is around the shipping costs and the timelines. So How has your company been affected by that? And what's the best way to deal with this? How, what would you recommend to
2: designers? Well, I think there's challenges on all these fronts. I mean, we obviously, you know, the major issue is really the flow of containers um, and that's, you know, we don't own containers, right? So we have no problem making the goods. It's getting them on the container to get them over here to kind of meet these timelines. So, and due to the overwhelming high, high degree of demand, you just have this kind of perfect storm of how do you keep up? I mean, when items now come into our warehouse now, they're almost immediately going to the customer that bought them, you know, where, you know, usually you'd have a certain amount of stock, you know, here for people to select from. And and we still do. I, I don't want to give the impression it's not like We have nothing here. We do. But, you know, it's just not as organized as it once was due to some of these factors. You know, I think from the designer standpoint, you know, what we've tried to begin encouraging is this whole idea of pre-ordering. Now, I know that's really hard if you're a designer working on certain projects. How do I pre-order? But I think kind of getting in line as quickly as you can. So the more pre-planning that can be done, I think the better we can we can execute. I think the other thing that we've been able to bring to the table is um, our special order upholstery offering, which is new to us. You know, we acquired uh, Southern Furniture in 2019. You know, we've added to kind of what that assortment is. We now have 200 SKUs with, you know, 400 different fabrics, 50 different leathers. You can fully customize and configure everything online. So we tried to bring some technology to, you know, to the design community, to our customer using our website to be able to, you know, make certain uh, I think, decisions remotely without maybe s- physically see, feel and touching things that they could also use with their clients to, again, make informed decisions. And we've been in a, a good situation there where, you know, right now we're 12 to 16 weeks. And that's really just due to demand as opposed to anything else. We've been able to more or less, you know, the operational flow has been kind of untouched, which is which has been good. Mm. Um, so those are, I think, the things that we've been trying to do. Um, you know, we also launched a new um, backend for designers to order with us. And, you know, we're trying to put as much information there as we can for them to make informed decisions. But it's been really hard, um, you know, with all of these things kind of happening at once. We, we had, at one point had to take down dates from this back end because the information was changing so much. It, it was just not good information anymore. And we we're like, well, we don't, we'd rather ge- not give you the information if it's bad. So we want to get the correct information. So it's been, um, that, and that's something that we're, you know, just rectifying now, but, um, our goal is again, the more transparent, and as long as we can get you information for you to make a decision, that's what we want to try to be able to do. And then obviously, again, some of these online tools that we've been able to provide, hopefully help mitigate or improve the decision making process for you. But, um, I, I don't really know if there's an easy or, you know, an easy answer that oh, it, this solves all your problems. It's, it's very challenging right now, I think, to you know, just think about the project timelines. And I think the other thing is that I think people are now, there seems to be a little bit more acceptance of, I'm going to have to wait. And you're seeing this not just in the furniture space, you're seeing it in appliances, cars. You know, We all saw it in toilet paper. I mean, it's like, yeah. there's, it's been it's it's been really weird because I think you know we've all been so accustomed to like the Amazon nation <laughs> or you know the Amazoning of of how we purchase things where you just expect to be able to get things like at a moment's notice, and that's just not happening anymore. but I think people are becoming more patient and uh, accepting of okay, I'm going to have to wait and I'm going to build that into my timeline and and I mean just building materials I mean, the list kind of goes on and on within that space, but yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I think it's been a challenge and I think uh, hopefully people are, are becoming understanding. I think of, of all the things that we could be challenged with, those are things that we should be able to, you know, hopefully be civil mm-hmm. about, figure out.
1: Do you think that your timelines or your lead times are better than the industry as a whole?
2: Uh, I think they're probably pretty consistent. I think maybe on the special order side, um, you know, maybe a little bit better than what we've seen out there. But, you know, these backlogs are, you know, four to five times larger than they've ever been before. So I think just uh, being able to, you know, get through that, literally get, get through it is definitely, it's taking some time. But I think, um, and again, that's not to say that we don't have things available for people to choose from, we, we do. So depending on the need and the flexibility of that need, you know, we might be able to become, uh, you know, we might be able to meet that demand pretty quickly. But if it's a certain something, there's ebbs and flow to it, but I think it's probably pretty consistent across the board. I think everybody, everybody is impacted by the container shortage. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. there's no way around it. You know, those are things that again are outside of everybody's control and you're just kind of having to, you know, mitigate as best you can.
1: Have you seen big price increases as a result of that? Obviously you can't absorb all those costs. So
2: you've had to go through, uh, we just recently had a price increase. Um, we're we've never charged for freight before, and we are mm-hmm. adding now a three percent ocean freight surcharge to goods mm-hmm. that are coming from overseas. Uh, and this is due to the significant rise in uh, container costs. That you you're right. You cannot you cannot absorb them all and run the business. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to as, absorb as much as we can uh, and still be you know a good and fair partner and work with our customers as best we can. Yeah. And that's a challenge as well. And I think we, we try to give people heads up. I know we haven't had some, the price increases did not impact the backlog. Uh, they've only impacted new orders. And that's been, you know, people understand that.
1: Well, yeah. And how can you not charge? It's just unfortunate, but it is what it is. Have you thought about bringing some of the production back to the U.S. as a result of all that? Or, or are you still planning well, to retain your- so we-
2: yeah. Universal has never, never made products, uh, case goods domestically. I, I don't foresee that changing. I, I think even if you could find the facility to house it, finding the labor to support it would be a challenge. And by the time you do all that, I don't know if everyone would be so thrilled about the pricing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is definitely a it's a challenging thing. And I think people, oh, we'll just you know, bring it back to the US. Okay. okay. It's, it's a lot simpler than, than it sounds. And, and it sounds really good. You'd, you'd want to be able to do that, but some of the challenges to run the business and then be able to be affordable or, you know, still maintain a certain pricing structure that would make sense for, you know, your customers and their customers might kind of get all out of whack. Um, mm-hmm. Where I think we are pleased is having a domestic resource in our special order upholstery offering you know, that is all made domestically. Um, and that's because, you know, you really can only offer that, you know, within the assortment of, of being a whole home provider, you can really only offer that and do it domestically. It's the only way to, to kind of manage the expectations. And, and we're, we're really pleased with what we're executing in Conover. And, um, you know, I think we're continuing to see that, you know, ramp up.
1: Well, I think uh, obviously you've done a really good job of managing all of that. And you're still keeping a, a reasonable timeframe, I think, for delivery.
2: We're, so, we're trying. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a moving target for sure. So how about products for your company? What are you seeing in the future? What are some of your plans? And maybe some of the things you think you'll be incorporating in the next year or two?
2: Uh, you know, from a product standpoint, I think what you'll see, um, usually, you know, from a product development standpoint, our teams are traveling. Uh, you know, they are, visiting trade shows, they're going to Europe, um, you know, to kind of look at trends and what have you. And um, I think that obviously that has been quite hard uh, in the last year. I think that, you know, we're looking and listening to customers in terms of trying to fill uh, holes that we have within our offering, as well as support things that we do really well. You're going to find uh, this coming market is we have revamped our curated offering to showcase what we can do in special order upholstery, and then we have a number of new accent items that we're introducing uh, with a lot of intricate different materials texture. I think those are things that we see as kind of filling kind of a hole within that offering, and then we have some big plans for uh, fall market with um, you know some new introductions that we think add to kind of a, a look but in a new a new way, and again. I think texture, material, um, certainly performance fabrics. Those are all things I think we see, you know, kind of continuing to add to what we do. But uh, I think you'll see with what we do um, in the, I guess, June, spring market in June, you know, I think you'll see how the texture and the materials kind of help tell kind of a different story. And then we have a new whole home collection called uh, Past Forward, which is kind of a classic elements but kind of reinterpreted for i think the way we live today and there's some really cool finishes that are offered there as mm-hmm. well those are some of the things that we have kind of coming up and then you know in the fall we have an, another license collection with miranda Kerr that we'll be launching and there's some real intricate details and, and materials that we've been able to pull into that assortment that we're working on now with her
1: mm, exciting well i'm looking forward to seeing all these new items You know, it's interesting too, because a lot of manufacturers are still trying to navigate the waters of working with designers and um, also working with retailers and trying to find that happy medium of servicing both. And you have been very committed to supporting designers. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you work with designers.
2: Our goal is to be the easiest company that you do business with, no matter what customer type that you are. And I think the design community is very important to, you know, our success. And, uh, you know, we want to be obviously a, a key component to their success. And I think when, when uh, Jeff and the company made the decision to move into downtown High Point, you know, this was a customer that we wanted to be in front of, and, and literally we were uh, front and center. And I think we, we looked at what can we offer the designer? Because we, we know they're going to go shop a lot of different places. And, and I think Aaron kind of spoke to it earlier, kind of being that you know, we want to be kind of your home away from home in the sense of, you know, we know you're going to go shop other places as you should, but, you know, what can we do where you can kind of make, you know, universally your base camp at market and, you know, use us as kind of a staging ground for your operation, if you will, in terms of getting a breakfast or lunch, and then being able to maybe take in an event in the learning center, and then also, you know, shop with us and, and our space, you know, it's 115,000 square feet. So there's a ton to see. And I think if you have not been to the space before, I think designers walk in that have not been to Universal, and I think they're kind of blown away with, wow, I, had, I really had no idea this was all here. I didn't expect this. There's a lot to take in. So I think in terms of working with the designer and supporting what they do, I, I think we just try to be, we want to be easy to transact with. We want to be approachable and easy to access at market. It's not really like rocket science. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, tr- just trying to be, you know, a good partner. And what, what would you want a partner to do? Uh, And that's, you know, ultimately kind of support, support the business. And I think we try to do that in a lot of different ways from, again, what we do just in terms of the way we answer the telephone to what we can provide in terms of uh, certain digital or website experiences to allow the designer to run their business at 11 o'clock at night without being able to talk to somebody to what happens at market, you know, when they need a place to, you know, go to the bathroom or have a cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, we can just be you know, there or leave their bags somewhere as they roam. So that's what we try to do. And again, going back to product, I think we have a, again, a whole home assortment, adding special order, adding outdoor furniture with Coastal Living Outdoor, which is new, you know, now kind of having a total offering with a lot of different looks. And it's within all the SKUs that we have and the 115,000 square feet that you can shop, I mean, there's literally something for everybody. And and by doing that, I think the more we can offer them, the more flexible we can be. And, you know, I think the more we can be counted on for, you know, different projects that they're working on.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you have minimums for designers to purchase through you? And do they have to have a showroom?
2: No, they don't have to have a showroom. Uh, And we currently do not have an order minimum. Mm, What I will say, I know we are, we may have, typically there's been a very quick turnaround in terms of opening an account. Um, and really this kind of gets into also, I think the, the backlog, if you will, I think we are going to add kind of a, a waiting period to opening an account. Um, you know, nothing crazy, but just, just for us to frankly, keep up with the demand uh, and not mm-hmm. set up a bad experience. So those are some things that are changing, but at this point in time, we do not have an order minimum.
0: Mm, okay, great. So how do you choose the licensees that you work with? Like Miranda Kerr?
2: So we, right now we have two uh, licensing partners. We have uh, Miranda Kerr and Coastal Living Magazine. And for us, you know, Jeff will always joke, we'll, we'll look at everything. And, um, you know, from making a selection on, you know, kind of who you're going to partner with, I think it starts with really our first question that we were asking ourselves is, you know, does that brand or entity, does it represent a lifestyle? And if we answer yes, we kind of then, Go to work on. All right. Well, what what would that lifestyle look like in furniture, and how does that story get told? And then you know we start going through those steps. You know, in Miranda's case, it was one where we didn't really know a whole lot about her. We had somebody make an introduction. We went to her home in L.A. and had lunch and started talking about you know her vision of what she was looking to do. And you know, she had this this deck uh, of ideas called Love, Joy, Bliss, which is also the name of the collection where. Mm he had all these ideas and tears and just, it was very well organized. And, you know, we were there for a couple hours and we walked out of there going, wow, that's, I, we didn't expect that. And, um, we hadn't had a different perspective on it and, um, you know, to kind of go through something like that, or, you know, you work with the folks at, at coastal living, where obviously, you know, they have this great magazine that has a lifestyle immediately. You can, you can think of a lot of different things when you think of coastal living, but you know, this kind of connection to the customer in a different way. So those are things that we're kind of looking for. Uh, I think, you know, does it, does it represent a lifestyle? Does it tell a story? And then I think we also kind of ask ourselves is do they also have a connection to an audience that maybe we don't get in front of Um, and in coastal living, you know, yes, they have obviously, you know, their readership. And, you know, with Miranda, she's kind of an international celebrity icon, Mm -hmm. if you will. And in fashion, she, you know, has, I think it's over 25 million followers across social mediums. so mm. it's like almost plugging into a TV station. <laughs> so,
1: <All> right, yeah,
2: <laughs> and you can see how that happens. But it's but it becomes very organic, and, and ultimately, I think Jeff will always ask the question: you know, can you sit down and have a drink with them and have fun? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. right. um, and our partners have checked the box on that, and and they're just we have a good rapport. We want to work well together, and and I think we think highly of each other in the sense that you know we truly are partners and we're invested in. Coming up with something that we're both proud of that that represents both of us in a way that we think will work.
1: If a designer is interested in developing a line, what are some of the things they would need to do to prepare to even approach you as a manufacturer?
2: We get we get asked that question a lot, and I think um, it's one of those things where I think there needs to be a vision as to what holes does the designer believe that assortment or that vision that they have for the product that they want to make with you, what does it fill for the manufacturer? You know, you don't want to have something that's uh, cannibalizing anything that you already have. That's just like trading dollars. That doesn't make any sense for us. You know, going back to kind of what I, what I talked about just a second ago with Miranda is does that person have a voice in the marketplace? I mean, you know, Miranda has 12.4 million followers on Instagram, Right. And I'm not saying that means you need to have 12 million followers on Instagram, but do you have a voice that is bigger than maybe what we can offer right now, or do you have ideally a different audience and one that we're not speaking to right now that we want to expose our brand to? And um, you know, is that going to allow us to kind of open up some new doors, new new accounts? You know, just get in front of people that may not think of us as offering whatever it is that that they're looking to do. So I think it's um, creating a licensing relationship is not something that happens quickly. It takes a while, uh, you know, from the vision of what the product is going to look like uh, to the fun stuff, like the contract and agreeing mm-hmm. to, you know, all the particulars as to, as to that. And, and, and that, you know, the faster it goes, usually the better the relationship is going to be. So uh, you know, that's what, that's what i found at least. And, and I think, you know, once you kind of get going, you know, your partners and you know, you're not like, okay, can I do that? Okay, let me go check page six of the contract and make sure we can do that. You know, it's right. you know, if it's a if it's a reasonable, you know, kind of um request, I think you try to be, you know, cause sometimes you didn't think of everything in the contract and you just kinda gotta kinda call an audible every now and again. So um mm-hmm. if I'm a designer looking to work with a manufacturer, I think the biggest thing is, all right, what can I bring that they don't have in the way of product and an audience?
0: hmm Right. So what's your crystal ball prediction for the industry in the next few years? I'm always interested to hear this.
2: (laughs) I think, uh, I mean, I think everybody is feeling pretty optimistic. You know, kind of knock on wood Um, uh, that I think due to, you know, what we've all been dealing with, I think people have a new appreciation for how they want their home to work for them. Um, And yes, it's a sanctuary and and you want to have that place where you can, you know, be yourself and relax and all that stuff. But now you may also need a home office. You may also need a home gym, you know, hopefully you won't need a place to homeschool anymore.
0: <laughs> Aim uh, <into> that.
2: <laughs> but, um, you know, I think you're, you're having to think of all these things. And I think because of the lack of vacations, because of the lack of eating out, uh, I think people have they've built up some equity in the sense of, Hey, I, I'm going to take on some bigger projects. And I, I, think that, uh, what we foresee happening is that that's going to continue for the next you know, year or two. I think where people again, have this greater appreciation for, I'm going to maybe chip away at a couple of rooms, maybe rooms that I'm in a lot, or, you know, maybe it's a major overhaul or, you know, like real estate right now. I mean, people are moving quite a bit and the, the housing market is, is quite hot. So, um, mm-hmm again the demand for products i think is is one that's not going to necessarily just you know go away overnight but um
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know that's a first class problem i think for for all of us so mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah i agree it's been really great for so many of our clients have had amazing work coming their direction so yeah we're very excited and certainly didn't anticipate that when the covid situation first started at all
2: no very different than I think all of us thought uh, you know, a year ago if you look back. I mean, it's I think everyone would be obviously there's a lot of bad things that have happened in the last year and challenges that we've all kind of had. I think whether that be, you know, emotionally, maybe more than anything, and hopefully not physically from a COVID perspective, but I think everyone's just kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe this is it just keeps happening and how do we how do we keep up? So it's it's a good problem to have and, and one that we uh, you know obviously want to figure out every day and and support our customers as as best. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, important question we have for you is uh, what's going to be happening with your food and beverage (laughs) universal, because a (laughs) lot of people are asking that. They said, Oh my God, where are we going to eat when we're there? They're really worried about eating.
2: (laughs) So, you know, for the fall, we, um, we kind of, you know, we, we served uh, breakfast and we served lunch and um, you know, that was really it. I think that, um, we will have breakfast and lunch. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have like major cocktail hour. I, I've joked around about you know you can have a vaccine section or you know a vaccinated <laughs> section. Yeah. Not everyone really laughed at that. So uh, I think it'll be a step closer to normal. I, I do believe June will be a step closer to normal. I think mm-hmm. we're even going out on a limb, and we're just going to have our coffee area back where you can go self serve yourself. We're just trying to slowly chip away at hopefully some normalcies. But, um, yeah, I think, I think we're, you know, I know, I know the market authority is doing a lot with, you know, different areas for folks to eat outside and, you know, open air and stuff. Uh, you know, I think we'll have a more normal experience within the showroom as well. Um, as it relates to something, to something like that. So, Mm -hmm.
1: Well, that's a, it's a big deal for a lot of the designers (laughs) because they always plan their days according to where they can stop and get something to eat or drink.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting in, in thinking about market, I think, you know, we talked all about for the fall, we were very much a, Hey, we'd like people to make an appointment. We always want people to make an appointment, but Mm -hmm. uh, it was kind of like required as best we could make it a requirement. We're thinking about it more as a, they're preferred. It's not a requirement. You know, we saw about 50% of our attendance uh, Mm -hmm. last fall. I I think we're, you know, maybe tracking towards 80, 85%, which is, you know, I think optimistic right now, but we want to make sure we can do what we need to do to adhere to, you know, guidelines and, Mm -hmm. you know, restrictions and what have you as relates to um, COVID. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think, you know, we do want people to feel like they can come in and have a good experience. and, And I think, I think they will be safe. And uh, and see new things, and hopefully see some friends, and you know, <laughs> get something to eat. So <laughs> we're
1: well, looking forward to it. We've missed our our friends in the industry, and this is our first trip is going yeah. to market this year.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. definitely excited and looking forward to June for sure. For sure. So, well, Neil, it's been great chatting with you today. Um, and do you have a few takeaways, three takeaways that you'd like to share with our listeners before we end the session today?
2: I guess, um, you know, one takeaway, just kind of coming off the market conversation, we will have um, our events page uh, is live. So you can go to our website and uh, and find that and uh, you can sign up for all our events. I know, Gail, you are speaking uh, in Mm -hmm. the Learning Center. I did want to let people know that due to COVID, we are going to have a capacity restriction, obviously, just in that room. But if you can't make it in person, we are also doing it virtually and we will record those sessions. So that is just one thing to let people know about. And then I think, you know, again, if you're not familiar with Universal, or you've never been to the showroom, June's a good place to start. So we'd, we'd certainly love to see you. And I think the expectation on our end is, is that, you know, we want to be easy to do business with. And we do have now a whole home assortment for you to choose from. So, you know, we obviously, obviously have a lot of different styles for the inside of the home. We have special order upholstery now that's being made in Conover. Uh, I mentioned some of the tools that are available on our website for people to visualize, truly visualize the offering that's made available there. And we're running right now at around 12 to 16 weeks. So, you know, just in terms of uh, how you can plan. So, yeah, I think, I think those are, those are two things. And I did also just speaking of market, we will also have our designers lounge open and the Mm -hmm. beauty bar will be open for hair touch-ups as well.
1: There you go. Awesome.
2: A little taste of normalcy is coming. (laughs) so looking forward to it well
0: yeah well we can't wait to see you and it will just be a short period of time before we're live um, with you at market so um good luck on all your uh, preparations and um thank you for all that you do to serve the designers and make sure that they're feeling like they have a home away from home
2: well, thank you. And, and thank you to them for, uh, for working with us and being patient with us the, the, the past year. So um, <laughs> no, we appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys uh, soon.
0: Thanks, Neil. Be sure to visit www.universalfurniture.com. And you can also follow them on Instagram at Universal Fern and Universal to the Trade. Universal is one of our go-to showrooms at High Point Market, and we can't wait to be there in a couple of weeks. Gail will be speaking on June 6th at 10 a.m. on the topic Creative Value Blueprint in the Universal Learning Center. You can register to attend at universalfurniture.com slash market events. We can't wait to see you there.